Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show all about Fujifilm's X-Series and GFX cameras and the photographers who love to use them. I want to wish everybody right now a Merry Christmas, or if you're not celebrating Christmas, then I wish you the happiest of holidays, and I wish everybody a safe and awesome new year. Before we start the show, I wanted to just throw it out there, you know, with, you know, the holidays and everything and everybody's getting new gear. Send me a line if you want to, uh, to fujilovefeedback at gmail.com. Let me know the, you know, things that you're getting for Christmas or that you're, you gave to somebody for Christmas. That, that's Fujifilm related, whether it's Instax prints or... A uh, new camera, you, you know, somebody got you a new camera or you got yourself a new camera. Definitely uh, give it a shout out and I, I want to hear from you. So in the spirit of giving, this is the, something that I wanted to share with uh, uh, everybody on, on this show. Uh, my guest this week is a great friend of mine. He is an amazing photographer and I had gifted him, well, kind of gifted. I gave it to him at a very, very reasonable price. Uh, I got him the Fujifilm X-Pro2 because all of his digital camera gear kind of fell apart on him. It's uh, a story that we're going to share uh, in the interview. But my good friend Matt Hoffman can't wait to uh, share the interview with him and it was great having him on the show but again I want to hear from all of you fujilovefeedback at gmail.com for those of you that have a story to share definitely send it and uh, maybe we'll do a special New Year's letter reading if we have enough uh, letters so I hope everybody has an amazing holiday and now on with the interview. Joining me this week is a very good friend of mine. He is not only an amazing landscape and adventure photographer, not only has he been published in many outdoor magazines. He is uh, an amazing photographer. He helped me co-found the Tiny Shutter podcast, which was uh, an, uh, the, the number one iPhone photography podcast for God knows how many years. Of course, we were the only iPhone photography podcast for God knows how many years. <laughs> Matt, how's it going, man? It's going great, Mark. I, I am very excited to be on this uh, podcast. I've been listening for uh, quite a while, um, which is uh, kind of odd because for the longest time I was not a a Fuji shooter. Um, but I got to say, uh, Fuji photographers are very interesting people. You've had a lot of really cool guests and I only hope that I could live up to half of what they have done so far on this, on your show. Dude, you, you, you more than qualify, man. You're, you're selling yourself short. I mean, you're, uh, you, you've been so uh, long story short, the, the way I found 
Matt uh, was through Instagram and I was doing some searches through uh, local, local areas in New Hampshire and his photography just absolutely stood out. And that's when I did a little bit of a deep dive. I mean, it wasn't that hard. He, you know, just go to his website, see, you know, the, the published photos that you've had, Uh, you were in like outdoor magazine and a bunch of other local uh, outdoor magazines. Um, Yeah. I I think you're hyping me up a little bit more than uh, what is accurate there, but um, yeah, I have been fortunate to be published in a couple magazines like backpacker um, mountain bike action um yeah some some local like new hampshire stuff that i don't even remember now what it is and they're probably out of business anyway now yeah and i currently reside in uh the 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 fabulous sunny state of ohio and um you know i'm working on uh getting some things published in some some kind of ohio centric magazines here so right on so yeah. that is uh that is a good resume, man. It is uh <laughs> A-OK in my book. And uh but it, and it was enough to uh to 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 make me want to contact you and say, hey, you want to go host the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I, I um man, that seems like forever and a day ago because it was a forever, it was kinda, forever yeah, and a day ago. Yeah, quite literally it was, but um uh, yeah, I remember, you know, being so, so nervous to do that. You know, it, it felt like, you know, being on the radio at the time. And back but, uh, then we were just kind of, we were still kind of learning as we go prior to, uh, the tiny shutter podcast. Uh, I was already doing a podcast called the lens wipe, which was it, an attempt to be humorous and, and talk about photography at the same time, which um it had its moments <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually the first podcast that i was ever on you invited me to come on the lens wipe and yes. then not not too long after that um you know i was invited to be a co-host of the tiny shutter uh iphone podcast yeah we were in our planning stages when i brought you on to uh th- uh the lens wipe and uh and, and sure enough you you took to the humor you will are a master at the dry wit <laughs> as we put it and uh i have my moments uh, you know, <laughs> there's definitely people out there doing it better than me um you know you had on uh i don't remember his actual name but grainy days uh not not too terribly long ago and and that yeah. dude that dude is the master <laughs> of dry wit and dry humor he yeah he takes the gold he uh he he could probably do a master class just on that um, <laughs> yeah and uh yeah he was fun to talk to um i i definitely have to have him back on the show to talk more about fuji film um but yeah I, so i thought it would be great to have you on because you actually went under the Fuji transformation. You 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 were uh, once upon a time a Sony shooter, and then somehow you got your hands on a, a Fuji camera. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, uh, 
you had been telling me for a while that, you know, I, you thought that I would really enjoy the system and, um, you know, it's, I guess it was kind of in the back of my mind because, you know, like I said, I, I, I was listening to this podcast and, you know, found it enjoyable, even though I wasn't, you know, shooting Fuji. Um, so yeah, um, I'm a recent convert and, uh, you know, I'm still, still kind of learning all the intricacies of the Fuji system, but, um, over the past, uh, however long it's been now, a couple months, I guess yeah. um, it's been quite enjoyable. So I mentioned it, uh, you, you haven't heard it yet because it won't air until, uh, this weekend. In fact, th- this particular episode, uh, is going to air on uh Christmas day. So, so oh, wow. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Um, but I, I had already spilled the beans that I, I sold you the X pro two and, um, just, just to kind of get your feet wet and w- you went full, full in, you got yourself. What, what were the lenses that you purchased for, for the X pro two? Um, well, actually so far only one, um, the, uh, the Tamron, uh, it's the, the new Tamron 18 to 300. Yeah. Um, I I'm loving the living daylights out of this lens so far. It seems, uh, you know, very sharp, uh, through the whole focal range. Um, haven't really noticed like too much in the way of vignetting, you know, at any of the, the aperture settings or anything. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been awesome. You know, I, I shoot a lot at that wide end, but, um, you know, being that I'm out, you know, hiking and, you know, basically just out in nature, if the opportunity presents itself for, you know, a wildlife shot, it's really awesome being able to have that, you know, 300 millimeter telephoto end to that lens. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's not the same as having a, you know, 600 millimeter lens or something, but it's, you know, it, it gets you in there and, um, you know, with the resolution and everything, these cameras, you know, if you need to crop in, you could still come away with some pretty decent images. I'm wondering, can, will, do you know if it'll work with the, um, the, the, the magnifiers there, the, uh, telephoto attachments, the, to, to, Oh, I like a teleconverter teleconverter. Jeez. Yeah. I'm, I'm losing <laughs> my brain here. Um, I've never actually used one. Uh, so I think that's why I can never remember their names. Uh, a teleconverter, would that work with, uh, with one or, uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I've never actually used a zoom lens on a teleconverter before. I've only ever used like a prime yeah. uh, lens, which also happened to be a 300 millimeter lens. Um, now this is even before I was shooting Sony, I was a Nikon person. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I managed to borrow a, uh, 300 millimeter Nikon, uh, from another mutual friend of ours along with a, uh, I think it was a 1.4 teleconverter. Yeah. And, uh, oh my gosh. I mean, that was amazing. I got some of my <laughs> best wildlife pictures when I, you know, when I was shooting with that stuff. Now, Go going back to uh, the the nature and, and the wildlife. Uh, I kind of want to 
turn back the clock because it, it's been a long time since we we actually talked about uh, how you got started with uh, photography. Um, prior to you know any kind of camera use or anything like that, were you more? Would you say you're more the the adventurous person that likes to take photos, or do you feel that you're a photographer that loves the outdoors? Like, where where is your heart rooted, and where where does it go from there? Like, um, I, I would say it's it's both of those things that you just said, because um, they are different, right? The the priorities are different. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you want to turn back the clock a little bit, so, um, you know, I spent pretty much my entire childhood, like outside, you know, playing in the woods, playing in creeks, you know, riding my bike, doing all that kind of stuff. And my family in general, I wouldn't say was like very outdoorsy. Like we didn't go like camping or anything, but yeah, you know, my, my dad would take us fishing once in a while and we would go on like hikes at, at like state parks and stuff. Um, so I, I always had like a kind of a love of the outdoors, I guess, just because, you know, I grew up in it and I was always out in it and um, I always loved like animals and stuff. So like anytime I could see like a deer or find salamanders in the creek or something. I thought that was so cool. And um, the first time I ever even really thought about photography, um, I was probably like, I don't know, like 12 years old or something. And at the time I was like really into birds and like birding. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know, I had like bird books and stuff. And I thought, man, I, I would really love to get like my own pictures of birds. And I had like zero clue about photography. I didn't know like, a <laughs> single thing about it. I didn't know about, you know, focal lengths or anything like that. So I had this um, point and shoot camera that I just like found in the house. I actually think it was my sister's and it actually took disc film. I remember and, that Kodak yeah. disc camera. Yeah. And so like the actual <laughs> negative was like ridiculously tiny. You know? <laughs> yep. <clears throat> and, you know, but I had, again, I had no idea. I had no clue about anything. I just thought you point a camera at a thing and you get an awesome picture. So I took this thing out in the woods and saw all these cool birds and took all these pictures and was so excited to get that film you know, processed and get the prints and everything. I get all the pictures back and it was basically just like a bunch of blurry pictures of like bushes and trees. And, <laughs> you know, you couldn't even see the birds. And, and yeah. I was just, I was crushed, like absolutely crushed. And I really didn't touch a camera again for probably about four years, I would say. Um, and the next time we were on a family, this is going to sound really, really uppity and I, I don't mean it to be, but we were at the Cayman islands family right vacation and we, my dad had a, a Fuji, actually a Fuji film camera. Don't ask me which one, cause I have no clue. Um, mm -hmm. but it was a, you know, 35 millimeter, um, Fuji film camera. Yeah. And I saw this lizard and I asked my dad if I could take a picture of it. So, 
you know, I'm like pretty close to this lizard and, you know, the lenses, um, the lens was manual focus. It wasn't uh, autofocus. And so it had like the, the split screen, uh, yep. you know, focusing thing. And I had actually never, I can't believe my dad like gave me his camera when I asked because I had never before this touched it ever. So seeing this whole like split view for the focusing was like new. And I'm just like turning that focusing ring, like back and forth and back and forth to the point where my dad was like, are you going to take the picture or not? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I just really thought that that was cool. And, and, and uh, like a really neat experience and that kind of stuck with me. And then, um, you know, I ended up studying photography in college then a couple years later, but in, in, college like they're not really teaching you about landscape and nature photography really because you know that's not like a real photography job most of the time right you know so you know obviously i start out learning you know like all the fundamentals and and learning to develop film and make prints in the dark room and all that stuff and then you know as it got more advanced a lot of the the um training kind of focused on like studio work and everything which makes sense because composition would be something that you would learn along the way if you knew the technical stuff it would that would be with you for life and i mean if you could develop film and you can set up your lighting you're 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 good everywhere that that's skills for life you'll never go away yeah, absolutely. So like, you know, I was surrounded by all these like artsy fartsy people. Right. And, you know, no one was taking pictures of like landscapes or, you know, animals, at least not very often, you know, yeah. for our different assignments in, in, in photo class. Um, now, where are you going to school at this time? Um, this was Harrisburg area community college in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Which, I'm um, surprised there aren't any landscape photographers then. That's a nice area. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah. And it was a really awesome photography program. I mean, they had like practically like a whole big building that was like dedicated to the, the photo program there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, people were really more like kind of setting up their own scenes, you know, for these different photo assignments and stuff there really wasn't like landscape photography being done you know and um it it really wasn't until even years you know after going to school for photography um i was in arizona and my desire to like hike and everything was really ramping up and I just started kind of casually taking pictures um, on these hikes. And then I was like, you know, these pictures are pretty cool. And, you know, I started getting prints made and and sending, you know, four by six prints to like my parents, you know, like every month or something, I would send them like a big batch of pictures. <laughs> yeah. And, and then um, I don't know, a few years after that, then I finally got into digital and I was like, well, this is way easier, you know, to, to share pictures and everything. And then it was like at that time, like in 2006 or whatever, when I was like, okay, like, you know, I, I know how to like 
take a picture. I understand shutter speeds and apertures and ISO values and all that stuff. I know the exposure triangle. I know generally composition, but um, like lighting in a studio is one thing, but finding good light in nature is a completely different thing. So like when I started studying that, I realized that like all the pictures I had been taking up to that point were like total garbage. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like it was like a cool place, but it wasn't, it wasn't good light. Yeah. You know, so kind of, I guess more or less since I've been shooting digitally, I've been like more picky about what I shoot it's almost like the opposite of like what most people do, you know, like when, when you're shooting film, you usually you're pretty selective about what you're shooting because you have a limited amount of shots and each shot costs money, you know, whereas with digital, you can cram, you know, a bazillion photos onto a memory card and you could just like shoot away and who cares, you know, write them later. Um, and I, I don't have that mentality at all. Um, you know, I, I'll go out specifically to take photos and come home hours later, not having taken any. Yep. You're still, you still have that, uh, reserve. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. That's, uh, um, I think so. But, but I, I think, and I apologize if you hear a cat meowing, I'm sorry about that. Hey, I got kids um, in the background, so you're all good, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I probably miss out on a lot of things because because I'm so like picky about you know looking for the the best light or the most interesting composition. Like you know when I'm browsing whatever Instagram or Flickr or other people's websites, and I see these pictures that. Like I look at them and I'm like, that is a cool picture. And then I study it some more. And I think to myself, I never would have taken that picture though. Like that, like, that's like yeah. kind of a mundane scene, but somehow it looks cool. Like, because this person did it, if I, I had done it, it would be boring. <laughs> <laughs> like there's also something to say about, liking the location rather than liking the actual photograph. Um, I, I know there are places that I love visiting that I think is very beautiful, but to, to actually photograph it would be kind of a waste because once you see it as a photograph, like you could look at it as one of two ways you could Hey, I remember being here. That was a great time. But if you're looking at it as a composition, you'll notice that the background's too busy. The, there's too many twigs and there, there's too much detail happening here. Not enough detail happening here. Where, where are you trying to lead the eye? Uh, so I, I get why you're more reserved as, as far as what you want to take. And that's that might be what you're seeing is that, you know, hey, I, this place looks really awesome. I'd love to go there and shoot rather than commenting on the person's actual composition. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would agree with that. Um, you know, there, there are definitely a lot of places that I've been that 
you know, they look really cool, but in the grand scheme of things, it's really hard to like translate the scene into like a compelling photo. Yeah. You know, just for whatever reason, you know, the, the topography doesn't lend itself well, or, you know, again, the, the light or, or something. And, um, you know, I guess that's one of the reasons why I love this lens that I, that I got for, um, you know, this Tamron lens is, you know, having that very wide to very telephoto zoom, you know, it allows me to more easily kind of hunt for that specific composition. I am very tempted to get in touch with Tamron to see if they could send me a loaner. Um, it, because when you when you bought that lens and you shared your first photos, I think there were, I think a, a crane was one of the photos, and I, I can't remember what else you you sent. But yeah, yeah, yeah they were tack sharp. It was sick. It was awesome. And uh, and the I mean, you have a variable aperture on that, right? It is a variable aperture, so it's uh, f3.5 at the wide end and 6.3 at the telephoto end. The bokeh still looked good. It was, yeah, you had great separation, um, from the you know, the, the crane from the background, and yeah, that 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 sold me right there. Like, I, I'm really considering getting that uh lens at some point, probably after the holidays. I've been looking forward to a um a new telephoto and i was looking to see if i could get the 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 fuji film the, their their new telephotos but i haven't decided on which one i want to get and now the, that tamron is in in the mix it's like uh that's another it's another one that i kind of want and it's a good price too right yeah it's like 700 bucks i think yeah you know, and it seems like it's, uh, well, I, I had a, uh, a Tamron, um, you know, one of these kind of super zoom type lenses and 18 to 200 on my, um, my Sony previously. And, and it was also a fantastic lens, um, up until I, I fell and broke it, <laughs> <laughs> which is honestly the event that, uh, led to you know, acquiring your Fuji. So yay for falling. <laughs> I got to say I, that that's probably the, the, like prior to, to that, I mean, you've had that Sony for God knows how forever. Long. Yeah. yeah. For like, for like nine years, I think. And you would complain and, and, about this, complain about that. And it's like, man, I just, well, just want you to get a Fuji. <laughs> I, I know, I know. So I, I was definitely of two two minds of that um, that camera. You know, I guess I, I really wasn't like looking all that hard to up to upgrade to something newer. Yeah, because when it came right down to it, the the image quality from that camera was just fantastic with the caveat being 
as long as the light was good. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right. But if, you know, anytime you had to kind of maybe dip into like an, an ISO above 400, then all bets were off. <laughs> and, and there's not a big window of opportunity there. No, there's so many situations, you know, where it's like, oh my gosh, I really need a faster shutter speed here. Um, or I would really love to shoot, you know, some, some Milky Way scenes or something. And I can't do it because this camera produces, you know, so much noise <laughs> that it's just ridiculous. Um, that was really my biggest gripe with that, with that camera. Um, so, you know, I know the X pro two is, is, you know, five years old now, but <laughs> It is a huge step up from a, a Sony NEX7. Yeah. <laughs> you could easily go to, what is it, 3600 without, like, going crazy. Yeah. Well, and 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 so, you know, to kind of keep talking about this, I guess, for a minute here, um, you know, I, I generally I liked the Sony, but the, the, um, uh, the A... Uh, now I can't remember what they're like the like the six thousand series that kind of came out after the NEX seven. I think yep. they're up to like the the A sixty four hundred or something right now. Um, I, I there was something about those cameras that it just wasn't speaking to me. Like what I liked a lot about the um, the NEX seven was that it had it had knobs on it. It had like three knobs you know, that, you know, you could adjust, you know, all the different shooting parameters just by basically moving your thumb or your forefinger around. Yeah. And like, I got to know that. And then after the NEX seven, they kind of took that away to, to some degree. And it was more of like a, a menu driven interface, which I'm like, I don't think I really like that, you know? And then the <laughs> you with everybody else <laughs> on yeah, Sony. That's all I hear complaints know, about. The the full frame cameras just never really spoke to me either because um yeah, you know, I'm sure you've seen like an A7. It, it's a tiny little camera. And and yeah. to me, it just seemed like it, you know, it felt weird in the hand. I mean, the NEX7 was small too, but um I thought, man, you know, I don't know. There's something about, you know, when you're talking about full frame that just sounds like it should be like a substantial thing, you know? You have a small and, body, uh, but the glass is still going to be pretty big. So you get something that's off yeah. balance, something that's uh, front heavy. Prob I mean, probably. I I've never uh, played with the Sonys. I've seen people yeah. use them. But yeah, I mean, you know, they, they, they take beautiful pictures without a doubt, you know, and I, I know they're, they're good cameras. I mean, they didn't kind of jump into being one of the, the top uh, camera brands, you know, for no reason, but um, yeah, I mean, they just weren't speaking to me. I, I just kept kind of hoping that they would put out a, a crop sensor camera that just had more tactile functionality and it, and it didn't seem like that was going to happen. So, um, 
Yeah. I mean, this past summer I, I slipped on a, on a wet rock and fell and smashed the living daylights out of that Tamron lens and, and the camera to a lesser degree. And, um, after that, I was like, well, <laughs> you know, I guess another reason for dragging my feet and not going to another system was having to start over with lenses and everything. But now that I just wrecked my primary lens that I shoot with, what the hell? May as well switch. <laughs> now would be a good time. <laughs> um, so going from... Yeah, you know, apart from the 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 ISO, um, when you got the Fuji, what were some of the first things that caught your attention? Uh, what were the, some of the first things that you 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 went to uh, the most? Like, well, the um, the the first thing right away was the size of it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's so it's significantly larger than than the NEX seven. It's the it, it's the same body style, but it's significantly larger. And I I have come to realize that I like that. It fits my hand better, right? Yeah. So, um, I remember when I started like kind of really getting into um, taking pictures while I was like hiking and backpacking and stuff out West. I was still shooting film and I was shooting a Pentax K 1000. And I don't know like what year this was, but you know, the very, very early two thousands. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need, I need a new film camera and I would like it to have like some auto features so that I don't have to like pay attention to every single little thing. So I, but I also wanted it to be like light and small if possible. And Minolta had a camera called the Maxim five, which at the time was the smallest 35 millimeter, uh, you know, film SLR camera that I think you could get. My dad had one of those. Yeah. It also worked out, you know, I was like, I don't know, in my very early twenties and had like zero money and that camera was pretty cheap. So that fit the bill. So I got one of those. Um, And then when I finally graduated to digital, I had a Nikon D80, which was significantly larger and had, you know, I had like larger lenses and just everything was heavy. And so then, you know, I was like, you know, once mirrorless started becoming a thing, I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want. That's, that's the way I want to go. I want to get back to small and light so that it's easy to take with me when I'm hiking and backpacking. I remember those days, like, and I think this is about when you started to, to be guesting on, on the shows and then uh, soon after that, you were uh, with us on Tiny Shutter. Um, but I remember back in those days, and, and I remember reading specifically what um, one of the photography magazines about how Sony is getting into the photography business, and uh, their their plans were 
Uh, and f- from this magazine's quote, I don't know if Sony ever officially said this or not, but uh, the, the magazine quoted them as saying, uh, we want to, it, 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 within like two years, be the number two camera manufacturer. And then from there, we want to be number one. And I'm thinking, that'll never happen. Come on. Who's going to beat Canon and Nikon? Like, th- that is impossible. And, uh, and and I mean, it, it didn't happen very quickly, but my God, like when the NEX popped its head um, and, and came into the market, that was that was a sexy camera. Yeah, um, my my first experience with the NEX was, uh, I think, in 2011, it was. Um, St. Patrick's Day weekend in Boston. Yeah. And a buddy of mine that I had met out in Arizona um for some reason was in town and my wife and I went and hung out with him for the weekend and he had just recently bought the NEX uh 5 and I remember being so jealous of that camera. It was like, nice. Like what well, what do they start with? The NEX Five and uh, there was a there was a three and a five three and a five and, and yeah and then the and then the seven came out like a little bit later and that was like the top of the line and it is, so to give the the listener uh, a, a point of view depending on how old you are seeing the nex the these nex cameras is equivalent to us seeing the x one hundred for the first time. Uh, it was it was just just something brand new, and then like just who who who'd have thunk it to to get rid of that mirror and, and have a an amazing camera? And it just made so much sense. And back then there was the before that we were calling it mirrorless, we were calling it uh, the evil cameras because yeah. electro well uh, electronic viewfinder um interchangeable lens yep <laughs> it was uh probably a good thing that didn't catch on <laughs> yeah yeah i'm very happy about that <laughs> um but yeah that's that's where uh it got started and then uh, just the floodgates opened from there and i mean i get the rest is history but yeah those, those first nex cameras even though i was shooting canon at the time like I wouldn't have mind, minded having one of those at my side. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I don't know how great the three and the five ended up ended up being. You know, the 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 seven, you know, was 24 megapixel. And, you know, like I said a handful of minutes ago, I felt, you know, even up up till this summer, the the image quality generally still held its own yeah you know back then it was was, a start it was what it was the start of something amazing oh yeah yeah absolutely you know because it it was after that camera that they you know they they had the the a6000 with series which was the same form factor but essentially they went from the nex7 to the full frame you know a7 series yeah. Yeah, those uh 
yeah, those were the days. And then shortly after that, full frame and um, and that's where they lost you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of ironic, but um, you know, getting back to your question that you asked me a little bit ago about, you know, what were the things that you know kind of struck me about this the the X Pro two, you know, right out of the gate, but you know, the the size definitely being one of those things, um, and then you know, things that like your your audience is going to think this sounds completely ridiculous because you know, this is something that's been a thing in cameras for like forever now, but having two card slots, you know, I, I didn't have a camera that had two card slots up until now. And I really like that. Um, especially with this camera, because, you know, now that I have this, I'm finally able to see for myself what all the hoopla is about Fuji JPEGs. And, I'm on board. <laughs> you know, like, like I am, I am a raw shooter. I like, you know, I like to shoot in raw. I like to, you know, kind of go in and edit things the way that I want to. And that's why I like the two card slots because I could shoot, you know, raw and JPEG and, you know, get those ridiculously awesome JPEGs, but then still have, you know, the full adjustability of a raw file if I really want it. And I'm finding less and less that I'm using the raw. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really like these JPEGs and these film simulations are so cool. I, I adore the film simulations and I am constantly on my XE4 uh, playing with new formulas um, uh, that that you find on uh, Fuji X Weekly, it, it is just awesome. And, and I'm actually trying um, a, a, a Cinestill formula um, that I plan to try out tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is supposed to be kind of ridiculously warm uh, weather that we're getting. Um, this weekend is supposed to be in the sixties. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. But I'm going to take advantage of it uh, and go out into the town and uh, do some nighttime photos. Uh, some maybe like street lights and neon signs and whatever else I could find. And Christmas, Christmas lights. Christmas lights is awesome. Like, so I, I don't know how it is with the cinema still, but um I mean, this year it, it has been just having fun with the that uh, quarter uh, quarter promist filter. That uh, and again, that I I started using that ever since I started watching Grainy Days. Like like he got me hooked on that uh, the the promist filters, and they just make your Christmas photos pop like. My Christmas tree never looked better, and it's <laughs> all because of that filter. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm not I'm not familiar with those uh, filters. I'll have to look that up. So, I I wasn't either, um, but I learned that in the daytime, what it will do is uh, like kind of 
take the edge off of contrasty photos. And I, I haven't really tried that yet uh, because, well, I'm not doing much portraits right now. Um, but I will try that once the gets warmer outside and people start coming out and want to dig, dig, get their photos taken. But um, but right now it just makes the Christmas photos look pretty sweet. And any kind of yeah. light. Like I, I remember just walking on the boardwalks in Newburyport and ju- just those vintage lights. It just gives it a nice little extra pop and glow and like it was it was it was it was just beautiful um gave it a lot more character and uh give it it gives it a lot more mood too well dang i might have a last minute addition to the christmas list <laughs> bnh just Pop on over and <laughs> grab one. Yeah, um, that sounds that sounds awesome. Yeah, and again, I I, I got the weakest one too. Uh, you could get different uh, uh, different strengths. Like there's the the half half strength. Uh, there's the full strength. Um, and that's all I really know. Just out of curiosity, which brand did you get? Tiffin. Is it Tiffin? Okay. Yeah. Is that is the pro mist like is that their thing? I think so. The black pro mist filter. There's black pro mist filters and white pro mist filters. I think, um, and I, I made sure to get the black one. Gotcha. They have a uh, an eighth. Oh, they do. Uh, yeah. Also. Oh, that might not be a bad idea too. Although the the quarter seem it. it eh. I'll have to buy them all eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll have to consider that. Um, generally, I'm not going for a less contrasty look in my photos, but um, yeah, I I could see how it, how it would be beneficial in certain situations. But for you in particular, the the uh, film simulations, which ones did you gravitate? more towards like with the landscape photography, were you more uh, prone for the Velvia or which one Uh, kind of struck you the uh, closest? Yeah. I, (laughs) I do like, I do like Velvia quite a bit. Um, Velvia is, is probably the one I've been shooting the most. Uh, Yeah. The uh, let me th- let me think here. Uh, Acros is probably my second, uh, yeah, second one. Yeah, I really, I really do like that. Um, and then, um, I've been shooting a bit lately with the pro negative standard. Yep. Um, that that has like a really nice look to it, and you know, I, I know in their, um, kind of description of it, you know, they talk about like, it's ideal for portrait and, you know, renders skin tones well and everything, but I find it, it does really good with like, you know, nature colors. And, um, I, I, I don't know, there's something about it where it looks 
bright to me when Velvia looks like massively overcooked. With that, there are some times where it's it's just too much, especially if you're photographing um, artificial stuff, like any kind of plastics. It just kind of just looks way too saturated. Um, I, I find that photographing blues using the uh, Velvia film sim, it's it just it just goes really crazy with those blues. Uh, and I'm not talking about like sky photos too. It has to be uh, either something like pla- like like a plastic or or clothing. It just it just feels like it's too much. And then from there, it just throws off the skin tones. If you happen to be photographing a person in Velvia, although I don't know why you would, but, uh, yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, if you want everyone to look like an Oompa Loompa, then, uh, yeah, then Velvia is the way for you. (laughs) Yeah. I I would not, not recommend that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the film sims are cool. I really like how you could kind of go in and adjust so many different uh, parameters to kind of how it renders the, the photo, you know, all the, you can basically do like almost like almost all your editing in the camera and uh, you know, ahead of time. That is the biggest attraction for me is being able to do a lot of the photos in camera uh, with, with, being able to see what you want to do. So basically the stuff that I did in post-production with the Canon, I'm able to do before I even take the shot in the Fuji. And when I bring it home, all I need to do is just kind of crop it and maybe bump up the, you know, the, the contrast or, or bring out the shadows a little bit, but that's about it. Like I don't do a whole lot of photo editing when it comes to uh, people photography. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've been taking a lot of pictures lately, like some different events that like my family and I have gone to and um, where <laughs> typically in the past, I would have just said, you know what, like the heck shooting with like the Sony, I'm just going to shoot with uh, my iPhone and yeah. just make it, make it easy on myself. And, and now I'm, I'm like so enamored with this Fuji that I have barely been taking pictures with the the iphone like i still enjoy doing that like i just like cameras right so i have like different oddball cameras that i take pictures with and stuff and you know not that the iphone's odd but you know whatever it's a camera and i and i like taking pictures with it but um th- this fuji's been so fun and just super enjoyable and obviously the image quality out of the fuji is leaps and bounds better than you know anything i'm going to get out of the iphone what do you want to get next i'm curious like if you got uh if you want a bunch of money not a million dollars because then you'd buy everything uh, but <laughs> like, uh, let's just say a fair amount of money. Like what, what, what is the next, uh, big purchase, uh, when it comes to, uh, camera gear? 
Um, I can tell you right now, like uh, the next the next big purchase is going to happen hopefully before the end of the year here, and that's going to be another lens. Um, nice. Kind of, kind of eyeballing the Fujifilm XF, the sixteen mil, two point eight. Yep, that's a good lens. Um, yeah, I want to get something. <clears throat> On the wider end, because I, I would like to get a little bit more serious about like Milky Way landscape uh, photography. Yeah, I man, I've been tempted many times to to just go with the Rokinon manual focus lens. Uh, well, actually, to that end. Um, I am also very seriously considering um, it's actually the Sam Yang well, or the Roken on. They have a uh, 14 mil F. They're the same camera. Kim. They're the same camera. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, obviously it's manual and everything, but it's a, you know, weather sealed lens and everything. It looks very nice. A lot of good reviews, um, you know, sample pictures I take with a grain of salt because you know I don't know I might yeah. not like the picture so I'm like well you know I don't know find a better subject but in any case <laughs> um that that could be a pretty interesting lens I think so th- there's and there's all kinds of cool lenses and stuff um you know and, and I mean that's that's I guess where I need to be right now is kind of, you know, uh, find, I don't necessarily want to build up an arsenal of lenses. Cause I don't want to end up like spending a bunch of money on lenses that are just going to sit on the shelf and collect dust. I'm usually pretty thoughtful about like, okay, am I going to use this a lot? Yeah. Um, you know, so it, I, I want to get something wider. I want to get another prime. That's maybe like a, 23 or somewhere maybe like around like a 30 33 somewhere in that neck of the woods um and then i don't know if such a thing is available but if there was something like a 150 to 400 or uh you know something that had even more of a uh, telephoto i'd be interested in that also Oh my God. I'm having such a brain fart. I, I, I want to say that there was, man, I, I gotta, I gotta take a look. I think there was something like 100 to 400. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think there is. I just can't remember who it's from. And uh, I think I re- recall seeing the price first and it was like, yeah, I can wait. <laughs> <laughs> And truth be told, that's something that I'd probably never ever use uh, on my side. Uh, although, man, uh, around the Newburyport area uh, where we have the um, Merrimack River uh, empties out uh, in that area, we have a lot of bald eagles. And with the bald eagles uh, that, that nest in the area, we have a lot of bird watchers coming in with these massive telephoto lenses that are just, just awesome. Like the, yeah. the, you, you're in awe by the, 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 the 
machinery in the glass that they're using. And uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, Tempting too. Like that seems like a lot the, of fun. There's the Fujifilm XF 100 to 400. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's a paltry 1900 bucks. That's actually not bad. <laughs> Considering what uh, they usually go for on full frame. Sure. Yeah. And you're, you're talking, you know, that's 100 to 400. Uh, we, we haven't even considered the crop factor involved in there yet. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially what 600 millimeters at the long end, you know, 35 millimeter equivalent. You know, I, 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 I could probably stand a mile away from the bride and groom and take that photo of a nice portrait. <laughs> I could, I could use it, <laughs> justify it. You know, a, a lens like that opens up a whole, a whole new world, you know, a whole new possibility for photos. You know, when you consider the, the compression effect at that long end, Yeah, you know, there's all kinds of cool uses for landscape photography, but um, I don't know, man, right now I'm like really jazzed on like trying to do wildlife stuff. You know, you mentioned eagles, like I saw three bald eagles yesterday. I think I saw four the day before. Um, I didn't get any pictures of them, but you know they're out there, and there's just a lot of cool. I, I, it's Ohio, you know. People don't really think about Ohio as having like anything worth seeing, but there's there's a lot of wildlife. There's a lot of uh, migrating birds and stuff. So um, I'm just always on the lookout, you know, for stuff to shoot and i'm fortunate that i have a job where i get to travel around the state a lot and um that's actually another thing i was going to mention that's changed for me like i used to never really bring like my sony camera with me to work yeah um like, i just didn't even really think about it and now like my camera bag sits next to like my my um work bag with like my laptop and stuff with it. And I grab that every single day now, put it in my car. It sits right on the floor and the passenger side of the car, like just ready to go. If I see something. That's awesome. That's a great feeling too, having it next to you. Um, Absolutely. And again, I remember prior, prior to you getting the Fuji, I mean, you're because you were limited to only like 400 ISO uh, the, the photos that you did take with your iPhone. I mean, they, they were great compositions. Um, but yeah, at a certain point, like both you and I just kind of fell from that iPhone photography glow. Well, was, I think for, for me, what it was like, like, you know, like I mentioned before, I still like to shoot with it, right? It's still fun to shoot yeah. with it, but there's been, there's been like, I don't know, at this point, like countless situations where I've kind of been screwed by shooting with it, where I did take this like awesome picture, right? And then people want a print or a magazine ask for the high res, you know, to file to put it in some article that they're doing or whatever. Yep. And I really can't provide that. 
you know, from, from the iPhone. I just, I, I know, you know, there's probably people that would argue with me, but it's, it's just not the same. Like when you really dive in and look, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it's pixel peeping, but there's, there's a huge difference. There just really is. It's just not the same at all. And, you know, there's so many pictures that I have that I'm like, that is just an awesome picture. And, you know, no one's going to be able to buy a print of it. It's never going to get published. It's not going to be on my website or anything because it was shot with the iPhone. Yeah. And for me, uh, I, I, I just went into it like iPhone photography doesn't have that appeal anymore. Um, I remember back in the day, God, remember when we first started, uh, it was, uh, what was the big thing uh, when each iteration of the iPhone came out, we were always looking at the, the photographers that were, Hey, I shot an entire wedding using just the iPhone. And (laughs) it was, uh, always fun to see what they, uh, pulled off and, uh, this was actually the only time that I, uh, me and my, uh, our, our third co-host on the show, um, we were featured in Petapixel uh, because we actually did one of the weddings using uh, our iPhones. And we were instructed by the couple to use only the Hipstamatic app as an additional challenge for us. Um the couple have regret there yet. What's that? I wonder if they are having any regrets yet. I I look at the photos every now and then. Um, I, I still have them uh, in in storage on my computer, and I I think we nailed it. I think we did a great job, all things considered. I mean, nowadays with the Retina screen and stuff, everything looks really small, but like. We we had a lot of fun with that uh, with that wedding. It was, uh, I mean, first of all, the the bride and groom looked amazing, like the, right out of a, a, a TV movie. Um, the the bride was a tap dancer, and the the groom was uh, the, this like rock star who took airplane parts and made it into artwork and it's like, okay, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. And, and, uh, and they had an Alice in Wonderland themed wedding. It was like, Jesus, everything, even if your photos looked off, it still matched the theme. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that's, um, that's, uh, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Um, but yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. And and back then, I, I think this was around the iPhone 4, iPhone 5 transition. Because uh, I remember the iPhones getting bigger. And um, my iPhone, like, like Hipstamatic, just chewed the crap out of my iPhone's battery. And like the first half hour, I was already down 50%. Oh, jeez. And... and um, and and so I had to uh I, I was going to start shooting with my iPad while my iPhone charged 
but then I realized that I could just use my uh, my laptop as a battery pack, and so <laughs> so I ended up throwing the the laptop, the MacBook Pro, into the messenger bag, throwing that over my shoulder, and, and it's attached to this tiny little iPhone 4S. <laughs> And uh, yeah, that, that was, and it worked. My, my, I, I could probably fry an egg on that phone. It was so hot, but it still shot. Oh, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, those were fun times. But now, I mean, after a while, like now, it's just the iPhone just does photography. It's, it's like, eh, all right. Um. I, I'm I never got used to the fact that it has so little depth of field and it's such a recognizable thing. Um, if you know what you're looking for. Uh like like you look at a photo and it's like, all right, that's an iPhone photo. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I you know it, not not every scene needs to be, you know, in focus from front to back. Yeah, you know, it is. It is nice to be able to get that separation and everything. And yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm like I said, still love shooting with it. I'm just less excited about it than I used to be. And yeah, um, you know, I'm. I I don't know. My love for photography has been rekindled by this Fuji camera, without a doubt. And that's and the important part. <laughs> and. You know, it helps too that there's like, there's so much, there's a lot of choices for lenses, you know, that have been developed and and not every lens costs like a million dollars, like it does for some systems. Um, You know, so that is appealing as well. Um, And then even just like little silly things like accessories and like kind of being able to kind of customize the camera and like make it your own, you know, like, um, uh, like I just think like little things like being able to like get a, um, kind of like accessory shutter button for these cameras is cool. Yeah. That's always that, that fascinated me and like function functionally, they, they really make the camera shutter feel more responsive yeah so you know um you know when when you shipped this camera to me you know you had like a red um con convex yeah uh, shutter button on it uh which i ended up which i thought was cool but i ended up taking it off and right now i'm sporting a gold concave shutter button oh look at you which I like a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Bling it up. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Have you been um, able to find the L bracket? Uh I found I found an L bracket, but it's on back order still. Still on back order. Damn. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh sorry, my voice is uh starting to go. I should have got some water or something for the show here. <laughs> Uh, my wife was mentioning to me about uh, about it today because she was going to it was going to be one of my Christmas presents, I guess. And she was saying like, "Hey, you know, I still haven't heard. 
about this thing. It's still on back order. You're probably not going to have it. And I was like, eh, you know, whatevs. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like if and when it comes in stock, I still want hmm. it. You know, so whenever that happens to be, I can make do without it, but it'll sure be nice to have it. Yeah. Right on. And uh God, I think what I really want to do is uh go out on uh like outdoor adventure uh, like you and I one time. I remember one of my f- most favorite moments uh in, in doing outdoor photography is when you me and uh, another friend of ours we went all along the coast of New Hampshire which isn't a long it's like 7 miles <laughs> it's it's not a big coastline but we were basically looking for snowy owls that started to roost in the area um and we went along the like rye harbor and all that places just to find some and we were able to to find a couple i think yeah um, yeah we did we we found one one in new hampshire um i think it was right in that rye harbor area and uh, i remember you know we were able to get some pretty good pictures of it because it ended up flying up onto the roof of like a house that that was like yep. right near us um you know well, not, my not best really photo like, was um using the the uh, the very first uh fujifilm telephoto uh i can't I, no i'm not telephoto what, what what was that zoom lens god i can't remember the first xf zoom lens but uh i was doing that on my uh xe2 at the time and i i got the snowy owl on the rocks and i think okay. you got it on the house or the telephone pole yeah yeah and then later that day we ended up in maine yes um on the coast in maine and we were at the nubble light and there was a snowy owl there but it was on the the island that the lighthouse is on it was too far away for us to get like you know good pictures of it yeah I, I yeah i couldn't get it i think the lens i was using was the 55 to 55 to 260 i think it was god i can't remember so long ago but uh it, yeah that was that was a fun time and then we went to uh uh portsmouth and ate at uh, what was it fat bellies or can't remember that pub. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly, but um I'm sure oh I, I remember going and doing that and you know having be- beer and all that stuff and it was a good time, but <laughs> I don't remember what the place was called. Yeah, it closed down too. Now it's some sort of real estate place. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, that was fun times. Uh, and and so I would love to do something like that again. And then one other time back when, uh, what was the comet that we had last year? Oh um, yeah. Uh, Neo wise. Neo wise. Yeah. You and I went out photographing the comet. We were, I mean, we were both in our separate locations, but we were still on 
one single phone call. So it was like we were right next to each other photographing it. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a that lot was of fun. Of, that was a lot of fun. Are, are you going to attempt to get this uh, current comet that I'm spacing on the name of at the moment? Uh, Leonard. Um, Leonard. Yes. I. It, it's supposed to come out this weekend. Uh, yeah, I think I think like this coming week or something, it's supposed to be visible um, in the kind of right after sunset, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I know up until now it was visible in the, the wee hours of the morning, which is not a time I want to get up and try to do anything. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so I might have to call you one uh, Monday night or Tuesday. Uh, after I get out of work and uh, we may have to do another phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right on. Well, let's hope for clear skies. That's the part that's been tricky. Like, I don't think there's been any good clear skies lately. Um, This coming Sunday, I have a wedding, so I can't, I can't do that. Um, It's supposed to rain tomorrow. uh, Although maybe there's a break in it that, we you know could do some photos because it's only around the sunset hour uh, sunset time right like after that it just goes yeah. it's th- then it's below the horizon yeah 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 I, I definitely want to do that again that was so much fun and that was, uh, that was definitely pretty cool so have you tried doing some uh, nighttime photos with the with the X Pro uh, X Pro Two? No, not yet. In fact, I haven't really done any any photography with this camera that requires it to be on a tripod yet. Interesting. Um, I mean, there's well some shots I took where it probably should have been on a tripod, and I just had it on. Uh, auto ISO and was shooting at like, you know, 6,400 and 12,800 or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, it's on the agenda and I'm actually hoping this weekend to get out and maybe do some waterfall photography. Nice. Oh man. I, uh, that's something I really want to do again. Uh, I got to do it a few weeks ago in, in the white mountains. I stopped by the basin for a little bit in the snow and uh, man, I I need to do that again. That was so refreshing. Yeah. Well, with the weather that's coming through um, this weekend, I also am going to try to get up to uh, Lake Erie. Um, It's supposed to be just really strong winds basically coming out of Canada more or less. Yeah, and, you're going a little uh, robot-y right now. I don't know if you can fix that real quick. How about now? Perfect. Cool. Sorry about that. That's all um, good. Um, yeah, real high winds uh, coming out of Canada, so across Lake Erie, and it's supposed to just be driving some like crazy high waves. Um, so I'm going to see about getting up there and getting to a couple spots where there's like some uh, lighthouses where maybe the waves will be like crashing, you know, like high up into the air. That would be awesome. 
yeah, so I'm hoping hoping to make that work out. Um, I actually am going to be studying the weather forecast after we're done with the podcast here to figure out when the best time is going to be and uh, hopefully make that work. Well, we've been going for quite some time, uh, <laughs> actually. Um, why don't we uh, put a pin in the conversation now? Um, and, man, we got we to gotta continue this conversation a little bit later. Um, yeah, I would love to. Again, I'm sure as I you know, keep using the, the camera and get more familiar with the, the whole system, I'm sure I'll have a lot more thoughts. Right on. So in the meantime, tell the world where they could find you on the web, man. Uh, two places. Um, check me out on uh, Instagram. I'm at M Hoffman photo. And uh, I have a uh, uh, kind of small website that I'm in the process of putting together, but it's, uh, you know, something you could go visit. It's uh, mhoffmanphoto.pickfair.com. Right on, man. And uh, yeah, anybody checking out Matt's work, you you will be, it, the landscape photography is awesome. And uh, your work with the Fuji cameras already has just blown me away. It was, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> no problem, man. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I gotta get me that telephoto. I need a telephoto. Uh, you've convinced me that I need that in my life, whatever brand I get, it, it, it needs to happen soon. Um, it's, it's a great lens, <laughs> but I wanted to say Merry Christmas to you and your family, man. And, uh, you too. thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do this again soon. And uh, yeah, thank Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.